The first reading is from Ecclesiastes, chapter 3, reading from verse 1 to verse 14. There is a time for everything, and a season for every activity under the heaven. A time to be born, and a time to die. A time to plant, and a time to uproot. A time to kill, and a time to heal. A time to tear down, and a time to build. A time to weep, and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to gather stones, scatter scones, and a time to gather them. A time to embrace and a time to refrain. A time to search and a time to give up. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. What does the worker gain from his toil? I have seen the burden God has laid on men. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the hearts of men, yet they cannot fathom what God has done from beginning to end. I know that there is nothing better for men than to be happy and do good while they live. That everyone may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all his toil. This is the gift of God. I know that everything God does will endure forever. Nothing can be added to it and nothing taken from it. God does it so that men will revere him. Amen. I just ask Felicity to bring us our New Testament reading. Our second reading uh, this morning is uh, the parable of the sower. Uh, Mark chapter 4, beginning to read at verse 1. Again Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and sat sat in it out on the lake while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge. He taught them many things by parables, and in his teaching said, Listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell down along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop, multiplying 30, 60, or even a 100 times. Then Jesus said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. 
When he was alone, the twelve and the others around him asked him about the parables. He told them, The secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to the has been given to you, but to those on the outside everything is said in parables, so that they may be ever seeing but never perceiving, and ever hearing but never understanding, otherwise they might turn and be forgiven. Then Jesus said to them, Don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? The farmer sows the word. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Others, like the seed sown on rocky places, hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution come because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others, still others like seeds sown among thorns, hear the word. But the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth and the desires of other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Others, like seed sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop 30, 60, or even a hundred times what was sown. Thanks, Maggie and Felicity. How are you doing? That's a genuine question. Not in a sort of joy from friends, hey, how are you doing? Not anything like that. But I know that for some of us in particular, life over the last few days, weeks, months, years perhaps even, has been pretty rough. There's a lot of uncertainty around in the world. People worried about jobs. A lot of other issues. Even getting married can be pretty stressful. It's great fun on the day, but all the lead up to it, there's a lot of anxiety and worry. And and we need to acknowledge that and accept that and spend time thinking just a little bit about, well, yeah, how is life going for me and how am I coping with it? And I'd encourage you to, to sort of do that while I'm speaking, especially during the boring bits. And just have a little think about, well, yeah, actually, I'm not sure that I'm coping all that well or, no, I think I am coping quite well despite what life's thrown at me of late. And that's great. We had the the parable of the sower. 
And I make no apologies to the, the group that Andrew calls the Young Men's Fellowship Group, which always makes me chuckle because I'm in it. Um, it's, a sort of, it's a group that meets sort of fortnightly on a Tuesday for, for men in their 20s and 30s. And Stuart Warburton. <laughs> and uh, and, and we, we, did, we did the parable of the sower on, on Tuesday and, and I've pinched shame, shamelessly a lot of things that people said. Um, equally, uh, last Sunday night at E2, we, we sort of had a bit of a discussion around the same theme and I have shamelessly pinched people's ideas from that as well because that's what you do, isn't it? But I was reading the parable of the sower again in preparation for this, and it, it's, it's, it's easy because it's a story we all know quite well to kind of almost switch off halfway through. And when we read it on Tuesday, I found that I, I, we'd got to the end and I hadn't really been listening properly. You know, and Andrew kind of said, right now, without looking, where did, where did the first seed fall? Fell on the path. Good. And he started asking questions. not pressed anything when it's a story that we know well from the bible it's easy sometimes to to sort of always fall back on how you remember it from sunday school and that's not to say that how we were taught it in sunday school was wrong but as the years go by what we remember changes Um, and so for example you know you ask most people about adam and eve and they'll tell you that eve gave adam an apple and, and there's no mention of an apple in the bible anyway i digress badly the parable of the sower we looked at, and it's important to, to look at it and think about it fresh every time. Because every time you read the Bible, there's something new to learn. And so I was thinking about it, and it struck me for the first time, and I don't know why it's taken 37 and a bit years for it to strike me, but it did. That this, the seed that falls in the rocky ground and grows up quickly and withers under the sun. The Bible doesn't say that that's any more intense sunshine or any different level of sunshine to the seed that grew in the, in the deep soil that had deep roots. The two sets of seed, if you like, were exposed to the same sunshine, the same conditions. And the difference was the depth of the roots. So that got me thinking, and, 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 and I thought, well... Is that the same for us then? That I might be exposed to the same problems as Adam, say. I'll pick on Adam because he's my friend. And we might deal with them completely differently. Adam might have much deeper roots and much stronger faith than me and, and even thrive in those conditions in the same way as plants need sunshine to grow. Whereas I might be exposed to the same conditions and look like I'm thriving to start with but actually just go to pieces and fall apart because my roots don't go deep enough and I'm not relying enough on God. The other thing that struck me about, about this story and, and, and was something that we sort of discussed on Tuesday was that I've always tended to read it as a sort of kind of a one-shot deal. The farmer comes along, lobs some seed around, waits a bit, comes back, says, oh look, see the stuff on the path, that's gone, that's a shame. And the stuff in the stones, that's kind of grown up and withered a bit. Mm, that's not very good, is it? 
And the stuff amongst the thorns, well, that's, oh, look, it's all weeds. And there was, there was oh, there would have been so much nice stuff there, but there's just weeds. Oh, look at that nice field of, of corn. I'll collect that, and off we'll go, and I'm happy. And I never thought about the fact that being a farmer, farmers don't tend to sow a crop once and go, yeah, that's great, I've made me living now. Especially not if they're selling it to Tesco. But anyway, they've got to keep sowing it and coming back. So the farmer would have come back and sown the seed again. And it might have taken him a little while to cotton on that mm, some fell on the path again and that's gone. And that stuff fell amongst the seed, the, the rocks again, and it's kind of scorched. And, and those thorns are still there, so I've lost a load there. But I've still got this. A good farmer will come back, harvest his crop, look at what's happened and said, well... If I dig out those weeds, I'll get more there. And if I pick out some of those bigger stones, then that'll make the soil a bit better there and, and, and more can grow there. And actually, nobody's using this path. I could just plough it up. And that would, that's some decent soil down there. Yeah, I could plough that up and make that usable as well. I think each of us, at any one point in time, could be any of those things. This morning, you might be the path, and this message might be hitting you and going straight over your head or, or just, yeah, that's great, Andy. Not interested. And that's, that's fine. You might be the, the stony soil, and you might be sitting there going, yeah, this is fantastic. I hope so. <laughs> but then you might get out the door and get home, and something happens, and you're back to square one. And nothing's made any difference. Or you might be the thorny patch. And you might be hearing it and thinking, yeah, this is good. And you might go out and you might continue to grow for a bit. But then other things start to happen and other pressures come. And they start to get in the way and they start to distract. And you stop growing quite so effectively. And before you know it, you've stopped growing altogether. Or you might be this morning listening and thinking, well, this is, this is an excellent sermon. This is the best sermon I've had in a long time. Next week we'll be on humility. And, uh, and you might go away and, and think, that was really good. I'm going to do something with that. I'm going to act on that. And I'm going to continue to grow. And I'm going to tell other people about how God has helped me to deal with the situation I'm in now and how God has given me strength to keep going and God has resolved things for me even. But then next week, you might come and you might have been the path this week, but you might now be rocky ground. Or you might have been thorny ground this week and next week you'll be good ground. It might not be quite as quick as that, the change. But I think each of us at various stages in life goes through different problems and different can relate differently to these, these different fields, if you like. And I think especially the deep root, shallow root, thing. I think we, we, we quite often, sometimes we'll, we'll, we'll hit a problem and we'll say, no, God's going to get me through this and God's going to help me with this. And we carry on and we rely on God and we get through. And then the next problem comes and we rely on God again and God gets us through. And the third and the fourth and the fifth and the sixth and it, by about the 23rd problem, you start thinking, well, I'm getting tired of all these problems. And why is God letting all this happen to me? And 
maybe relying on God isn't the thing because all I seem to do is lurch from one disaster to the next and maybe God isn't helping me. And the roots start to wear away and before you know it, they've gone entirely and you're, you're struggling. The first reading that we had said there's a time for everything. And so it didn't say life is all a bunch of roses. Life is more like a bunch of, a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. A couple of weeks ago in the, in the, in the young men's group, makes it sound like the YMCA, doesn't it? We were talking about something similar, and, and, and I sort of scribbled a note in my wee book, which was basically, you're in a battle, you need to pick a side. We're all in life. Life is a battle. If you watch the films, it's usually a battle between good and evil. And in a sense, it is. And you need to pick which side you're on. If you've seen any war film or anything like that, there's never really a point where someone gets shot at and pops their head out of the trench and goes, was it something I said? Why me? What are you shooting at me for? What have I ever done to you? It's not personal in battle. You don't go, nah, I don't like the look at him over there. I think we'll shoot him first. You're just under attack and fighting back. And if you're not fighting back, you're under even more attack. So, bad things happen in life. We live in a world where bad stuff happens and that's just a consequence of of sin being in the world. It's not something that we've necessarily done. Yes, sometimes we make bad choices and then bad things happen because of that. But other times we make perfectly good choices, we make perfectly good decisions and still something goes wrong. And that's not because someone's out to get us specifically. Someone's not out to get Andy Cameron because I don't like Andy Cameron. Nobody likes Nobody does. Sometimes it's just that that's the way life is. I'm suddenly remembering the theme. Do you remember Bread on BBC? And the theme tune was like, you know, life's been hard, someone's dealing you a losing card. That's it. Sometimes that's it. It's not a very encouraging message for a Sunday morning, is it? Off you go. Life might be rotten, tough. And then sometimes when we read that Ecclesiastes chapter, that's kind of what, it, what it's like. It's like, Great. That's not very encouraging, is it? Yeah, great. Life's good, life's bad. Hey ho. So what? Life's good, life's bad. Well, what, what difference does, does coming to church make then? If life's good, life's bad for everybody, then why bother coming to church? Let's just go to the pub instead. Well, appealing as that may sound, that won't necessarily help going to the pub. Coming to church will. Make sure I'm being clear on that. <laughs> because I think that God works in each of us to help us in specific situations. But I equally think that God works through each of us to help other people in specific situations. So whilst we can't really help what happens to us, we can help what happens to other people. And we're responsible for looking out for other people. 
we're also responsible for asking for help when we need it. Because there is no point coming to church every Sunday morning with your Sunday morning face on. And people say, how are you doing? I'm fine. Really? Yes, I'm fine. If you keep telling people you're fine and insist that you are fine, then they will eventually believe that you are fine. And then when you go out and fall to pieces, there's not much point complaining that nobody helped you if everybody that tried to help you, you pushed away, or everybody that tried to help you, you said, no, no, I don't need help, I'm fine. It's like the old story you've probably heard lots of times. I like it because it involves flooding, and that's my job. There was a man in a house, probably in Cockermouth, and the rain fell and fell and fell and fell and fell, and the river came up and up and up, and the house started to flood. And he said, well, that's not very good. So he went and ran upstairs, and he started to pray, and he said, God, please save me from the flooding. And the water still came up and up. And when it got halfway up the landing, he thought, no, it's not showing any signs of stopping. I think I'll climb onto the roof. So he climbed onto the roof of the house. And he continued to pray, God, please save me from the flooding. And a guy came by in a boat. And he saw this guy on the, on the roof. And he said, you all right up there, mate? He said, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. Do you need rescued? No, no. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah, it's okay. I've prayed and God is going to save me. Okay. And off he pulled in his boat. And the water got higher and higher and higher. And one of them yellow Sea King RAF AFC rescue helicopters came along and it hovered and the guy with the tan eyes said, Are you alright down there, mate? Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah. Do you need rescued? No, no, I've prayed, God will rescue me. So the helicopter, fair enough, there's plenty of other people who want rescued, we'll go and rescue them. And off they went. And the water got higher and higher. And eventually it swamped the whole house. And the guy's sitting there, sort of, well, floating about a bit now. And he's still praying, God save me. And the water got higher and higher. And the man drowned. And he died. And when he got to heaven... In these stories, there's always the pearly gates, isn't there, and St. Peter and all that. And, he, and he, he met God. And he said to God, why am I here? God said, because you drowned and you're dead. But I prayed and you were going to rescue me. Yes, yes, you prayed. And I said I would rescue you. Well, why didn't you? I sent you a boat and a helicopter. What more did you want? Adam's got a good story, though, about, are you all right hobbling up, or shall I bring you a mic? I don't like making you move around too much if I can help it. Being careful when you ask for help. Make sure you ask the right person, and make sure they know what it is you want them to do. I was um, in France in 2005, and there was a, a nice girl who fancied me. So I thought, great, I could use this to my advantage. So she turned into my roadie. Um, and at that time, I took... Hang on. There 
was a nice girl who fancied you, so you've made a new roadie. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway. I, that last? No. no. <laughs> um, I had three guitars with me because I didn't know what to expect when I went out to lead worship. So I took three with me. And at this, this one night, I'd got all three set up. And she came up to you and she went, Hi, Adam. Hi. Hello. Hi. All right. She, she was quite ugly, actually. But um, anyway, it's harsh, it's harsh but true. Um, and she said, Do you want any help? So I said, Yeah, if you could just pack away one of my guitars. So that, that's fine. But then I didn't use that guitar for about four weeks later. And I opened it up and I looked at it and I was like, oh no. She'd taken every string off the guitar, wound it up into a little ball and just put it in the case. And I was like, that's not packing my guitar away. When I thought about it, I didn't actually explain what I wanted to do. You know, she was a bit dumb. Um, and I went up to her, I said, Jenny, I said, what have you done? She said, well, you told me to pack away the guitar, did it? And so I thought I'd just pack away everything. So after that, I didn't really speak to her. You're a hard man, Adam Sowerby. Obviously, Jenny's not a real name. Names change to protect the identity of those in this story. I guess, though, there's a sort of a lesson there for us all. No, there's not. <laughs> Pack your own guitar. There's the lesson. What I would encourage you, though, is in, in every situation that you find yourself in, be thinking, well, what's God telling me here? Something's happened. Okay, so what's God, what's God telling me? What is God trying to teach me? Is there something he wants me to learn? Or is it just, and I say just in inverted commas. It's difficult to speak in inverted commas, though. God's going to support me in this situation. I know he will. So how can I use my experiences to help and support other people when they go through something similar? Last Sunday evening at E2, we showed a, a video of a, from a song, a song by a Christian band called Switchfoot. Um, and we had a, a great lengthy discussion about what the song might mean. And we didn't really come to any conclusions. So I'm just going to use my own conclusions and throw it in anyway. The song is called The Shadow Proves the Sunshine. And the idea that, that, that I came away with, <laughs> I'm not going to claim anyone else came away with the same idea, was that when, when things happen, when bad in inverted commas things happen, i.e. the shadows, it's just an opportunity for God to shine his light. In fact, if there were no light, there would be no shadows and everything would just be darkness. And so the contrast between shadow and light proves the shadows and proves the sunshine. I'm going to put the, ask Colin to play the, the video now. So in summary, I guess you'd say that in the same way, and it's something we know all too well in Britain, that clouds will come across the, the sun and cause 
moments of darkness. Life can be tough and bad things happen. And that's just the way life is. But the light doesn't go out and God is always there. And God teaches us and God supports us and God works in us and through us despite all that. And we need to support each other. And when we've come through something and we look back, and it's often only in looking back that we really understand where God was at work. We need to share that with each other. And we need to support each other in saying, you know, I've been through something similar and God supported me like this and I prayed and this happened. Or even just, and again I say just, even saying, you know what, I've been through a really rough week this week and it might not be directly related to anything anybody else has been through, but I know that God has been with me and I want to share that. I want to encourage people. I want to, I want, you know, so I suppose a challenge to you, whether it's over tea and coffee later or whether it's through the week or next week or next month or next year, share your stories with each other. Share them with Angela as a story catcher or share them with, just share them with each other. This is what's happening in my life. And either I'm really struggling and I need some help because that's important. Or I've prayed and people have helped and God's supported me and isn't God good? 